Amen. Thank you. That's a beautiful song, ladies. Beautiful song. With a powerful message, it's under the blood. And praise God for that. If you would, this morning, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Ephesians, chapter number 2. Of course, this past week, our juniors uh, went to camp, and uh, then tomorrow, our teens are going to camp, and um, so pray for our teens as they go tomorrow, but I'm very thankful um, that uh, all of the juniors made it back uh, safely yesterday. We didn't lose any juniors, right? That's always a great thing when you go with 29 juniors, you come back with 29 juniors, you don't lose any. may not have been the right juniors, but we came back with 29 juniors, and um, but uh, no, they had a great week and uh, looking forward to uh, the teens uh, going down tomorrow and pray for them. Uh, just uh, that the Lord would bless uh, teen camp this week. Um, we're going to begin reading in uh, verse number 11, second, or Ephesians chapter 2 in verse number 11. Um, I will have to say this, I, I'm, I really want to encourage you to be back next week and um, as I was studying through this, um, obviously all Scripture is important in things, but I, I, I got more excited about the end of the chapter than where we're at right now. And so I was like, maybe, maybe I should just skip over this and go to the end. But I'm like, no, I can't do that, right? We've got to go all through this. And so I really want to encourage you to be back next week because what we're going to be looking at this morning is really, uh, and what we looked at you know, really since the beginning of chapter 2 and uh, last week and this morning is really just building up to what we're going to be looking at next week, and uh, it's just a, a great passage of Scripture, so I want to encourage you to be back uh, next week as well. Of course, I do want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers uh, who are here this morning, and uh, it's always, you can, ask, you can ask preachers, you know, when it comes to like Mother's Day, Father's Day, things like this, um, you know, obviously Easter, you know, you preach on the resurrection, but you know, when preachers are always in a, in a conundrum, right, when it comes to Mother's Day, Father's Day, do you do you preach on mothers and fathers, or do you just preach kind of on what you're going through? And, and uh, so it's always like, you know, what, what do you do? And so, well, I'm just in the book of Ephesians, so we're just going to keep on going through Ephesians. So happy Father's Day. Now let's get to Ephesians, right? Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 11. He says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision, by they which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye, who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances." For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, so that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Lord, we do ask that you would just bless this morning. Lord, we do thank you for, uh, Lord, just the men in this church um, and who are fathers and uh, Lord, we do pray, uh, Lord, a special blessing on fathers uh, today, Lord, that you would just, uh, Lord, give us strength to lead our homes and lead our families the way that would be honoring to you, and uh, Lord, we ask you just bless in the service, use the message to speak to hearts, Lord, and if there may be someone today, 
that may not know Christ as their Savior, Lord, that you would help them to realize that it is only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be saved, we can have our sins forgiven, the judgment of God is paid. Lord, we can have our home with you for all of eternity. So, Father, I pray you'd work this morning as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a really, um, it's a really interesting passage of Scripture here as Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And, uh, of course, as we saw, basically verses 1 through 8 deal with um, salvation. Paul is speaking about salvation, how we were before Christ and dead and trespasses and sins. And, uh, and then it's then through the grace of God, grace being offered, but it has to be received by faith. Uh, and then a person can be saved. And then, of course, we have these good works that we are to be doing now that we are saved, now that we are born again. But as, as he begins here in verse number 11, he says, wherefore, remember, right? Remember. And what Paul is about to do in these, in these verses is he's going to show us basically life with Christ and life without Christ, okay? And, and if you're here this morning and you don't know what life is with Christ, boy, you, you, you're in for a special treat this morning. Because if you're here this morning and you're, you're still going through life without Christ, there, there's so much that you're missing. And this is what Paul is going to bring out, that we can, either, we can either enjoy life with Christ or we can be miserable in life without Christ. And may I say that that's not only for those that do not know the Lord, but it's even for Christians as well. There are many Christians who know Christ as their Savior, but they're miserable because they're not enjoying life with Christ. They're just kind of trying to do it on their own. And that's not what God wants for those of us who know the Lord as our Savior. So notice as he begins here, he starts without Christ. He says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hand. So he starts off, he says, we were without Christ. So here's this, this comparison, first of all, without Christ. And then we're going to look at what he says to be, is to be with Christ. And to be without Christ, you think about as Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, uh, the church, uh, these believers, before they were saved, they worshipped uh, false gods. They, if we look through Ephesus and you find that they had the, the temple uh, to the goddess Diana uh, and many other false gods and things that they worshipped. In fact, it is said, of course, Ephesus being a, a Greek city at this time, but, but in Athens, because of Athens kind of being the capital of the Greek empire at that time, it was said that it was easier to find a god than a man in Athens. They, they had gods for everything, right? Um, if you know anything about Hinduism and things, you know that they have over a million gods. I mean, they, there's a God for everything. Okay? Um, and he says, look, this is, this is how we were. We were without Christ. It doesn't mean that there wasn't some type of worship going on. Oh, there was worship, but it was the false worship. They're worshiping these false gods. And so he says, we were without Christ. Um, and he uses this correlation between the kind of the Jews and the Gentiles, the, the circumcision and the uncircumcision. He says that we were, we were aliens in verse number 12, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope. 
So notice what he says here. He says we were aliens. Now, again, please understand we're not thinking about uh, E.T. here, right? We're not thinking about extraterrestrial aliens. That's not what he's talking about. But he's saying we were aliens. In other words, we were without a country. We, we were alienated and specifically from the citizenship of, of Israel, right? Again, he's using this correlation here, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Um, when, when talking about the physical, he's saying we were Gentiles, we are the, the uncircumcision that he speaks of here. The Jews, of course, were referred to as the circumcision. But he says the Gentiles were without Christ. We, we were without Christ. We, we, were, we didn't know God. Uh, in fact, well, that was one of the things that, that the Jews were supposed to do was to be able to show God to the rest of the world, to the Gentile nation, so that we could, we could know him. But he says we were aliens. We had no country, no home. The Jews had taken what God had given them, but the problem was they simply majored on one part, and that was the law, that was on circumcision. And therefore, that was how they looked at the world between circumcision and uncircumcision, those who were Jews and those who were not Jews. God says, Paul says, hey, when we think about this religious system, we were without Christ we were aliens. He says we were strangers, strangers from the covenants of the promise. It's interesting when you go back, you read that God made certain promises to Israel. Uh, the, you have the Abrahamic covenants and the Davidic covenants and many covenants and promises that God made with Israel. But as Gentiles, you know, we cannot claim those promises. We can't claim those covenants that, because they were made to Israel. We don't have any right to them because we're not Jews. The covenants made, uh, that God made with Israel, uh, are, in fact, are still valid. They will still be done. Many of them are still going to be fulfilled. But there was no covenants made with the Gentile nations. Now, the one thing that we can, we can look forward to is uh, we know that we have a different promise by God to Gentiles today and that Jesus says one day he's going to return. And he tells us in John chapter 14, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I come again and I will receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye may be also. That's a, that's a promise that we have today. But as Paul is writing here, these, these covenants that were given to Israel, they really weren't for us. He says we were without hope. There's no hope, he said, having no hope. You think about how many people are looking for, for hope in this world. They're looking for meaning in life. They try it in, in everything that the world has to offer, and yet they still remain empty. Again, when you think of the religions of the world today, what hope do they have? When you go and you ask many people that are religious, you ask them, if you were to die today, do you know for sure where you would be? And they say, well, I hope... I would be in heaven. I hope, maybe my good is more than my bad, I hope, but let me tell you, if you just have to hope, then you don't have hope. They're without hope, he says. There is no hope. And, and we, we really don't, we don't know what's going to happen after we die. Not really sure. Am I going to be with, am I going to be in heaven with God? And where, where am I going to be? There, there's no hope. They have no promise of a resurrection. They have no promise of a home in heaven. There, there's no hope that they have, right? They are without hope, having no hope. And without God, he says, separated from God. You understand what, what he, he's saying here? He says, this is what life is like without Christ, 
Without Christ, we, we are, we are aliens, we are strangers, we are, we are hopeless, we're without God, separated. Uh, again, there are plenty of gods, just not the right God. There's plenty of gods that people worship, just not the right God. There are so many uh, things that people try to worship as God. Whether it's idols, uh, you look around the world where people worship idols, or whether it's uh, jobs or possessions or money, whatever it is, all kinds of gods, just not the right one. And because of that, he says, we are separated from God, without God in the world. Now, why is this? Is this God's fault? No. This is not God's fault. Remember, this is not God's fault. This is our fault because just as Paul says, and we, go, we can look back in the book of Romans, everyone knows about God. Everyone knows that there is a God. Romans chapter 1 tells us that God has placed it in every person's heart that there is a God. But what do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with that light? Unfortunately, what happens with so many is we turn from it. We push it away. We try to say, I don't want to follow that God. I want to follow a God that's created in my own image or my own idea. And so Paul is giving this, this, this correlation of what life is like without Christ. And again, this, it's so important that we understand this because, remember, Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. Okay? And he's just told us, how we are able to be saved, that's by grace through faith. That's the only way a person can be saved. But then he's told us in verse number 11, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And we talked a little bit about this last week, that once we are saved, God says there are, there are things that he desires for us to do. There's these good works that he wants us to follow. I challenged you last week, find what is a good work that you're going to do this week? How are you going to be able to show Christ and, and the things that he has done in your life this week? I wonder if we were to, uh, and we're not going to do this, but I wonder if we were to take a testimony. I wonder if anybody would say, this is something good that I did this week to try to show Christ to others. Or did we just go through life not even thinking about it? Not even thinking about what we are supposed to do and how we are supposed to live. You say, well, why is that so important? Because, again, think about what he says here in verse number 11. Wherefore, remember. So he just finishes telling us about these good works that we're supposed to do. And then he says, here's why. Here's why my desire, Paul says to these, these believers, is that you show these works of God. Here's why God wants us to show the good works that we can do in our life to show Christ. Because remember what your life was like without Christ. Remember what your life was like before someone told you about Jesus Christ. And he tells us, look, we, we, he, he just told us exactly what it was. We were aliens, we were strangers, we were separated from God. We were, we were um, uh, without hope. We had no hope in this life. We're just trying to search for answers and we can't find any. And then what happens? Someone, by the grace of God, someone was able to share Jesus Christ with us. Someone told us about Christ, or maybe they invited us to church, or, uh, or something happened, and, and that we were able to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. And he says, remember where you were. And this is the reason, because God says, I have a purpose for you now. There's a purpose. I remember remember when or where it was when you accepted Christ as your Savior. You remember that? Can you raise your hand if you do? 
Wonderful. Praise the Lord. If you're here this morning, you say, I don't know if, I'm ever, I don't know if I've ever accepted Christ. I don't know if I'm saved. Well, friend, we'd love to take the word of God and show you how to be saved. Maybe it was just a track somebody gave you. And that track, you, you took it and you read it, and that started to cause you to think about something. Maybe it was somebody invited you to church. Because they came to church, you heard the gospel, and God convicted your heart, and you came to know Christ as your Savior. Or maybe somebody, maybe as a friend or a family member, simply opened the Word of God and simply took the Bible, maybe at home or somewhere, and, and shared with you how to know, know Christ. Can I tell you this morning, it's, we'll never know the impact of our life in just being obedient to what God tells us to do. I think if I could kind of illustrate that this morning, you'll never know what God can use. Some of you here this morning, some of you were saved, have gotten saved since I became the pastor of this church. Maybe somebody gave you a track or came to the service or through discipleship or something like that, you came to know Christ as your Savior since I've been the pastor of this church here. But can I tell you this morning, that did not begin 11 years ago. In this room this morning is what I would say (laughs) is a great man of God. None of you probably even know who he is. But if it was not for this man, I wouldn't even be here today. Man, most of you never met. He's a giant among men to me. Say, well, who is this giant? He's a man sitting right here. Named Eddie Woodfield. Some of you never even heard his name before. But if it wasn't for that man right there, I wouldn't be here today. You say, that man led you to the Lord? No, he didn't. That man, back in the 70s, got saved, was in the military got saved, became a missionary, and rode to Spain. There was a drunk. Named Brian Stensis. God used Eddie Woodfield to reach my dad for Jesus Christ. Some of you have no idea that because of that man, because of his faithfulness to God, because he was being obedient to what God told him to do and do those good works, that you got saved. You understand that? We're talking about something that took place over 40, some 50 years ago. 
But because of his faithfulness to God in him saying, hey, I know what I used to be like those young ladies just saying, I know what I used to be, but I'm not that anymore. I was without Christ, but praise God, he saved me. And he was willing to be obedient to what God would have him to do. And he went to Spain as a missionary. He found a man by the name of Brian Stenses. Because of that, my dad got saved. Because of my dad getting saved, his sons, his daughter, all now serving the Lord. The thousands the thousands of people that have come to know Christ, that this man will never meet. But if it wasn't for him, they would have never known Christ. Do you understand what your life, how your life will impact someone else? You say, well, I'm not a missionary. You don't have to be a missionary. But Brother Eddie didn't lead many of you to the Lord. That was me. I, I had the privilege of leading to the Lord. But if it wouldn't have been for Brother Eddie doing what God had told him to do, I wouldn't have gotten saved. And many of you never would have come to know Christ as your Savior. Something that took place years and years ago. And thank God Brother Eddie's still faithfully serving the Lord. Brother Eddie came up this weekend and he was at the father-son breakfast yesterday and he uh, he took his, uh, my, his, his father, my dad, to breakfast, to the father-son breakfast yesterday. And uh, they joke around about that. Brother Eddie could get up here and he could preach. Faithfully serving God. How many years, Brother Eddie? 55 years serving God faithfully. Brother Eddie will never know how many people come to know the Lord simply because of his faithfulness. But here's the thing. He's been faithful. When he got saved, he understood that he was created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that he should walk in them. Do we understand that's what God's purpose is for our life? We are to walk faithfully. We are to do good so that others can come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You say, well, I don't know if my life will make a difference. You have no idea the difference that your life will make if you'll just be faithful to God. If you'll just be faithful to God. Because here's what he says. Without Christ, we were aliens, strangers, hopeless, separated from God. But watch what he says in verse number 13. But now in Christ Jesus. Praise God for that, the, the, that phrase. But now in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You who were strangers, you who were aliens, you who were without Christ, you who were hopeless. He says, but now because of Christ, you're made nigh by Christ. You're brought to God. We can, we can actually say that our, our Father is God. God is our Father. We couldn't say that before but because of what Jesus Christ has done. But now in Christ Jesus, he says, watch this. He says, in Christ, when a person puts their faith in Christ, they're placed into Christ. You cannot ever be taken out of Christ. Thank God for that. But he says, but because we are in Christ, he says we are brought near by the blood of Christ. We had rejected and rebelled against God. 
We were separated from God, but now in Christ, he makes us near to God again. That's only through Jesus Christ. Watch what he says. He says in verse 14, for he is our peace. Remember, we were were hopeless. There's no hope. But he says, now we have peace through Christ. We have peace. We have peace with God. The Bible tells us in Romans, there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God because his son has forgiven us of our sins. There's peace with the Father now. We don't have to work for our salvation. When we accepted Christ, we have that complete peace knowing that we will be with him for all of eternity. In Romans 5, 1, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He brings us peace with one another. Watch this. For he is our peace who hath broken or hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Remember, be, before Christ, there's this, there's this divisiveness, there's this division, there's Jew, there's Gentile. But he said, in Christ, guess what he does? He, he says, we're one now. There, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. There's no, there's no educated, uneducated. He says, in Christ, we are one. There is, there is peace one with another. Every person approaches God on the same basis, and that is through Jesus Christ. There's not one way of salvation for the Jew. There's not one way of salvation for the Gentile. It's through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, each one of us are able to put our faith and trust in him. We're no longer individuals, but we are one in Christ. He says he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Look, there's no hope in the world. When When you look at the world, I mean, think about what's going on in our society today. I mean, you you look at everything that's going on, I mean, whether it's throughout the world or through our country, you you show me where there is peace. You show me where there's hope. You show me where there's unity. It's not there. It's not there. But in Christ, he says, there can be peace. In Christ, he says, there can be hope. In Christ, he says, there is unity. We are made one in him. Why? Why? Notice what he says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man. So making peace. Look, he says, we have been, we've been reconciled to God. We're reconciled to him. We have been brought back to him. We were once his. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, they were created without sin, innocent, belonging to God. But what happened? Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. They were separated from him because of their sin. But now he says we can be reconciled to God because this of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You think about what many times people try to do. Well, if I, if I'm just good enough, then I'll go to heaven. If I could just keep the commandments, I'll go to heaven. Do you understand that God calls that enmity? Did you see that? In verse number 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. God says that the the law of commandments is our enmity. The law of commandments is our enemy. Why? Because we couldn't keep them. There's nothing we could do to keep them. He says they were our enemy, but yet when Jesus Christ died, they, they died on the cross with him so that he could make us new in Christ, so that he could bring that peace. The law was slain on the cross 
And it's only when we put our faith and trust in Christ that we can be reconciled to God. But because we are reconciled, think about this, because we are reconciled to God, because we are now one in Christ, you understand that we all have the same purpose. We all, if, we, if you're here this morning and you're saved, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, your purpose in life is the same as my purpose. It's the same purpose. If we are in Christ, we have the same purpose. Well, what is that? That is to live holy, godly before Him, to do good works, to be able to show Christ to other people. You understand, that's, that's not just for a missionary. That's not just for a pastor. That's not just for the deacons. It's not just for, you know, whoever. It's, it's for every single one of us. Again, if, if you raised your hand earlier, you said, yeah, I remember the day I accepted Christ. Then he says, now you've been placed into Christ. We are one in Christ. And that one body has one purpose. That one body has one purpose. It's to serve Christ. To follow him, to help to show others how they can come to Christ. But what happens is, is we start we start listening to the the world. Oh man, the, what man? What's your purpose in life? Well, you know, I got to get a good job, and, and I got to make lots of money, and I got to be able to retire, and I got to have this, and I got to have that. Wait a minute, that's not your purpose. If you're saved and you're in Christ, that is not your purpose, because all of those things will one day be gone. They're all going to be gone. Have you ever heard of uh, John D. Rockefeller? You ever heard of him? He's a pretty rich man, wasn't he? At one point, he was the richest man in the world. Does anybody know where John D. Rockefeller is today? He's dead. He's dead. What good did all of his money do him? He died. Just like one day, you and I are going to die. Just like the poorest person on this planet one day is going to die. We're all going to face death. And all these things that we think are what's really important in life, guess what? They don't really mean anything. And that's why he says, as a Christian, now that we are in Christ, now with Christ, there is a purpose. With Christ, we have hope. With Christ, man, we, we are able to draw nigh to God. We've been reconciled to God. And now we have a purpose for living. That purpose for living is to help share Christ with other people so that they can know that, about Jesus Christ, what he has done for them, so that they can understand, hey, the enemy, your greatest enemy, is, is when people try to say, oh, just be good. Just, just, just keep the Ten Commandments. Just try to be a church, good church member, whatever. No, no. He says that's, the, that's our enemy because none of those things can help save us. But it's in Christ that we can be saved. And now we are to share that with others. We are to tell others about Jesus Christ. Again, think about it. We, we looked at this last week. We have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So let me ask you again. What good work did you do this past week to share Christ with others? What good work did you do to show the love of Christ to others around you? What did you do? Because if you didn't do anything to show the love of Christ to those around you, if you didn't do anything to show that good work, then what is your purpose? Well, I'm just going to live the way I want to live. That's not your purpose. 
I'm just going to do what I want to do. Look, are, are, you, are you living with Christ or are you living without Christ? You see, without Christ, there is no hope. Without Christ, there is no purpose. But with Christ, he says, look, if you're going to live with me, I've got a purpose for you. I've forgiven you of your sins. You don't have to worry about death and hell anymore. I've got a home in heaven for you. I have a purpose for you. And yet there are so many Christians that are living, they're, they're trying to live life without Christ. I don't need Christ. Oh, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. But I don't need him for anything else. Uh, my job, I'll just do what I want to do at my job. I'll treat people how I want to treat them at my job. Wait a minute, what's your purpose? My friends, my family, I'll do whatever I want to do. What's your purpose? My neighborhood, I'll... I'll... Now, what's your purpose? Is your purpose, if we're saved, he says we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Why? Because now with Christ, we have hope. With Christ, we have been, we are able to draw, draw nigh to God. Think about what he says in verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. I love that. Notice both those that were afar off and those that were nigh both got the same message. Amen. Both the Jew and the Gentile both got the same message. It didn't matter how close the, the Jews thought they were, they still had to put their faith in Christ. Same message. Those that were near, those that were far, pre- preached peace. For through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have access to God. We have access to the Father. We were talking about it in our Sunday school class, in the adult class, we were talking a little bit about kind of witchcraft and, and things like this, spiritism and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and we're explaining that the reason why that the world looks at those things is because that is their God. They are going to their God. We shouldn't be surprised when the world goes to the devil. That's not surprising. But watch what he says. As a Christian, he says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have, we have access to God the Father. You, do you realize that? As a Christian, we have access to the Father. We can go to him. We don't have to go to anybody else. You don't, you don't have to go to, to the priest. You don't have to go to the pastor. You don't have to go to, to Mary. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And yet, somehow, we, want, we think living without Christ is better. Living without Him, just doing what we want to do, is somehow better than what we have. He says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19, "...having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, we can enter into the presence of God the Father Himself. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help or to find grace to help in time of need. Man, we have, we have been brought to the Father. We've been brought to, to the... We're talking about... Again, sometimes I think we just... We use words and we say words without really stopping and thinking about them. We're talking about God. God, the Creator. God. That holds all things in His hand. God. And He says, we have access to Him. Now, let me ask you a question. What problem do you have that's too big for God? What, what issue are you going through that God cannot handle? 
What is such a big problem in your life that you'd say, man, this is, this is huge, and it's just, it's even too big for God. And yet, that's, that's how we think sometimes. This is just too big for God. God can't handle this. I've got to do it on my own. And so what do we do? We live our life without Christ. We live just simply for ourselves. We live doing what we want to do instead of being obedient to Christ. Instead of recognizing what our purpose is. And he says, this is who we are. We have been made one in Christ. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, he says. We've been brought to God. Can I tell you something? You may not ever go to another country. You may not ever be a missionary to another country like Brother Eddie here. But can I tell you something? You can have just as great an impact in people's lives as Brother Eddie has. You can. You know how I know? Because we are one in Christ. Brother Eddie doesn't have anything special that you and I don't have. He doesn't have anything special. He was just faithful. Willing to be obedient to God. We look at, we look at people in the Bible like, man, you know, David, you know, Moses, you know, Paul, Peter, man, these guys were just, there was just something different about them. You know what was really different about them? They obeyed. We don't want to obey right? We just don't want to obey because we hear it week after week after week after week after week and we don't do anything about it. We hear it all the time. Ah, I'll just keep living my life the way I want to live it. And I think sometimes we just, we come to church just to appease our own conscience. Uh, Well, you know, hey, I got to come to church so I can, you know, at least I can look like a Christian. So I'm with Christ. Wait a minute. If, if you're coming to church thinking that somehow this day, on Sunday, well, I came to church, this is the day I'm supposed to live for God, but I'm not supposed to live for God. And the other day, you've got it wrong. Just as much as you should live for God on Sunday, you should live for God on Monday. And you should live for God on Tuesday and Wednesday. But we get this idea, well, when I come to church, you know, everything's different. Everything's different when I get to church, right? I say the right things when I'm at church. I I do the right things when I'm at church. I say the right things around other Christians. I do the right things around other Christians. But when I'm Monday at work, well, we can just push that to the side, right? I don't have to do that anymore. Tuesday, Wednesday at home with my family, with my wife, with my kids, I don't have to do those things anymore. Wait a minute. What happened? We have no purpose. There's no purpose. Our purpose is to follow Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to live a life that brings honor and glory to him. Our purpose is to do those good works that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Why? So that others can see Christ. Why? Because they are without Christ. Remember, he says, what it was like to be without Christ. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like to be without Christ, without hope? alienated from God, searching for answers but not finding anything? Do you remember? He says, but now in Christ, it's a different life. It's a different life now that we're in Christ. But how many people do not know about that life? 
How many people do not know how to have that life in Christ? Well, how are they going to know? That's why you and I are here. How are they going to know the love of Christ? That's why you and I are here. How are they going to see the good works that would glorify our Father which is in heaven? That's why you and I are here. That's our purpose. For some reason, we just get our mind off of things. We let the world lead us. We let the world dictate to us. No, you've got to remember. Remember what life was like without Christ. And realize there are people that are still like that. Do you honestly think that everybody in Eaton, Ohio, knows Jesus Christ as their Savior? Do you honestly think that everybody in Preble County knows Christ as their Savior? Then don't we have a purpose? Don't we have a purpose? Our purpose should be, hey, every time we're around people, that we ought to be trying to show Christ to them. It doesn't matter if it's at work or at home or in the grocery store or at the gas station, wherever it is. Our purpose is to show Christ. Why? Because we want them to know what life is like with Christ. But does it really matter? Does it really matter to us? I'm afraid that for many, it just doesn't matter. We're just going to live our life the way we want to live it. Oh, we're glad we're saved. We're glad that we're going to heaven. But I'll just live my life however I want to live it. I don't need Christ. I don't need Christ at work. I don't need Christ at home. I don't need Christ around my family. No, I'll just, I'll just do what I want to do. Friend, we're missing out on the very purpose that God has for us. With or without Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live without Christ. I don't want to live without Christ. I I can't be saved without Christ. So why would I want to live without Christ? Are you living with Christ? Are you living without Christ? Are you living with a purpose or without a purpose? Living with a goal, trying to share Christ with people, those good works so that people can see Christ They need to be able to see the difference in a life with Christ and a life without Christ. That can only be seen when we are being obedient to what God has for us. With or without Christ. I wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed this morning. No one looking about. Friend, maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. You're living life without Christ. Maybe you've been religious. Maybe you go to church. You have a Bible. You do all the right things. But there's never been a time when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm saved. 
I'm not sure if I've ever accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Pastor, would you pray for me? You know, earlier when you asked if, I, if you remembered when you accepted Christ, I, I couldn't raise my hand or I raised it, but I really kind of lied. I just didn't want to be left out. But I don't know if I've ever accepted Christ as my Savior. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's going to come to you. Nobody's going to call you out. I just want to pray for you this morning. Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if there's ever been a time when I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Pastor, would you pray for me? Slip it up, put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. And Christian, you say, yeah, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord. That's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. But are you living with Christ or without Christ? Because if you're living without Christ as a Christian, (laughs) I'm not saying you've lost Him. Please understand, I'm not saying you've lost your salvation. I'm not saying you can lose Christ, but we just feel like we don't need to obey Him anymore. We don't need to do what He says. We just have our own purpose instead of His. Are you truly living the way that God wants you to live? Think of the impact you could have on people if we would just be faithful and obedient to God. Representing Him to those around us, no matter where we are. Father, I pray you'd help us. Lord, especially as Christians this morning, to realize how important it is that we live with Christ. We know we are in Christ. Lord, are we allowing Him to live through us? To show the love of Christ. To show those good works that would glorify our Father, which is in heaven. That people would come to know Jesus as their Savior. Lord, I pray you'd help us in this. Our flesh just wants to do what our flesh wants and what the world wants. Lord, we need your Spirit to help us in this, to give us the strength that we need to be that right witness and testimony for you. Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know Christ, I pray that you'd speak to their heart. And let us take the Word of God and show them how they can be saved. With their heads bowed and their eyes closed, we'll just stand quietly to our feet this morning. The piano's just going to play softly.